again to King of Kaiju, a podcast about the television series Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which is on Apple Plus Television. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Recovering from a cold, but uh, doing all right. And in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you? Uh, I could be better, but I'll barring through it. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, so uh, first off, for folks who are new to the podcast, thank you for joining. We are a weekly podcast that discusses each episode of that television series. Uh, so par- uh, episode four, Parallels and Interiors, is the one that we're going to be discussing today. Uh, that uh, premiered on December 1st, 2023, and we were recording this on December 5th, 2023. Um, so it appears, as Mike mentioned, uh, they, they switched it now to, uh, to Fridays that they're each episode's coming out, so uh, Friday the 8th is the next episode of The Way Out, and we'll talk about that one next week. Uh, also, we'll have a special episode of the podcast on Friday, December 8th, because uh, we're going to uh, post up uh, Godzilla Minus One, that movie, uh, on it's a Dark Discussions podcast episode, but uh, we'll post it up on this feed here uh, as well, uh, because it's uh, Godzilla-related. Um, so, uh, how you can find us, you can find us at www.darkdiscussions.com. It's the website for this podcast, among all the other podcasts that your three co-hosts on this podcast appear on, which we do have uh, a number of them, and we'll uh, let you folks know what those are later in the episode near the end. Uh, also, uh, you can find this podcast in multiple places, including that website, but also on uh, multiple feeds. Uh, so just look for King of Kaiju, wherever podcasts are found, or Doc Discussions Podcast, which uh, is the main feed for the entire network, which uh, includes all the podcasts that your co-hosts are on, including this one. Um, we also have a email, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and just write in subject uh, Keiju or Monarch, uh, and then whatever your subject is, and then we will read your email on the podcast. Uh, just make sure to put that in the subject line, because otherwise uh, it'll be difficult for us to find uh, your email, since it will be mixed in with dozens of uh, screeners that we get. Um, so join in the conversation and give your thoughts on the show on our podcast. Uh, also, we have a Patreon account, so on the website, you can just go to uh, the Patreon button, which is on the right side of every page of the website, or you can just go to darkdiscussions.com backslash, uh, oh, well, let me rephrase that, uh, patreon.com backslash darkdiscussions, uh, and that brings you to Patreon as well. Uh, any money that you would like to donate is appreciated since uh, we do this all for free. Um, the money goes to uh, uh, basically 
the companies that uh, let us run the, our website and hold our podcast episodes up in the cloud. Um, uh, also, uh, we do give back. So for every $5 per month that you donate, uh, you have a chance to have us uh, review a genre film. Uh, on the Doc Discussions podcast. Uh, so basically what, what it, that means is, uh, at the end of every quarter of the year, uh, or I should say the four quarters of the year, we pull out of our spreadsheet with a computer randomizing number, um, a choice from those people who have donated to Patreon. So, uh, for example, if you donate uh, $15 per month, you could choose three different films. So, for example, uh, you could choose, uh, um, the Angry Red Planet three times, or you could choose the Angry Red Planet, Reptilicus, and Gamera, and uh, those three would be also put into the pot or Excel spreadsheet uh, to be a episode uh, for the podcast. So that's how we do give back. Um, all right, so that's all we got for uh, tonight uh, on the beginning house cleaning. So I guess we can get into our topic, but uh, we're assuming that everybody here is a fan of the show or a hater of the show and has been watching the show, so whatever we say is will be spoilery, and we're assuming you've already seen the show prior to uh, listening to the episode. You're here to hear uh, varying opinions um, on the show, and uh, that's why we're here. Uh, so let's get into uh, Parallels and Interiors, directed by Julian Holmes and written by Mila Dalhart. Uh, once again, December 1st, 2023 was the debut, and we were recording this December 5th, 2023, because some of our listeners like Pam are always curious when we record episodes because they aren't necessarily released immediately, but this one will be most certainly released either later tonight or on Thursday, the 7th of December. So uh, let's go with you, Mike. Uh, your thoughts on Parallels and Interiors, Episode 4. Uh, for the most part, I liked it. Um you know, from years of our discussions, I'm not fond of storylines that involve a lot of delirium dream sequences. Uh, but for the most part, it was a decent show. I, I like the fact that we got, well, we didn't get a new kaiju, but we got more of the, uh, the, the frost war from the last episode, which is always a good thing. Um, we definitely got a big, piece of the puzzle, and we're bringing, I think, finally uh, getting all of our, well, within one timeline, we're bringing all of our uh, crew together. Um, not really anything from the past this week, and I do enjoy th those interactions. I'm hoping we're not done with them, that this is just a one-episode thing. Uh, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I think the show is still, still, still rocking it. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I watched it uh, over the weekend, and um, it was uh, decent enough. Uh, as Mike mentioned, uh, having the Frost Fox, or whatever it's called, uh, appear more was pretty awesome. That was uh, the best part of the episode. Um, unfortunately, uh, for a lot of television series nowadays, there's a lot of flashbacks. And, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was original when Lost did it, but now it seems like every friggin' show does this now. Uh, and the flashbacks are completely boring and soap opery and honestly aren't necessary in my opinion. Um, and even makes me wonder why they even have the um, May character even in this show because 
I, I don't even see your point at this point. But um, besides those major flaws uh, and and whatnot, I mean, if we're going to have flashbacks, I'd rather see the flashbacks of uh, the young Shaw and whatnot like we were in the first couple episodes. So uh, I feel this is the weakest episode by far. Um, too soap opery for me and kind of um, pointless in the sense that I think the only reason they have this this whole Alaska sequence was because it just was kind of a cool thing to, to have. But, I mean, how how important to the plot when we look back on the final episode of the season was the whole South Korean and Alaskan part of this um show even needed uh but all in all uh it, it was uh decent uh and fine runtime of like 40 something two minutes or so so or 45 minutes so uh thank god for that um so yeah that's my thoughts on this episode so let's go with you barrett uh we all know my thoughts on flashbacks <laughs> um i can't stand them there are very few cases where writers do them well and when they do well do do it well. In most cases, it's still not necessary. Um, I think some mystery is nice to have about characters, like why they're not, why they don't like each other. Um, I don't necessarily need need to know all those details or why they're not getting along, etc. Um, and a lot of this episode was focused on flashbacks, so it's probably my least favorite. And when I'm talking about flashbacks, I'm talking about the current characters in the present day, them having flashbacks, not where we're seeing past history with different characters. Um, that's two different parts of this show. And this show did not concentrate on the 1950s past, which is very different. That flashback I feel is necessary to the story. Whereas this, I did not feel was necessary to the story beyond that. Um, it's probably my least favorite episode. However, the monster stuff was awesome. I really like seeing the monster when the monster was the focus. I thought this episode was at its best. Um, otherwise it was, like you said, a little soap opery, a little boring, um, traveling in a land where <laughs> it's like being out in the middle of the ocean. How are you going to survive? Um, made it a little unbelievable. Um, so that kind of bothered me too. But other than that, those two major issues I had with it, um, it was an okay episode. I wanted more. All right. Sounds good. Uh, so that's our thoughts on uh, episode four of the series. Uh, once again, called um, Parallels and Interiors. Uh, so with that, uh, again, we, we have the spoiler alert already up, meaning we can talk about everything and anything. We're not going to go um, – Scene by scene, we'll probably just bounce around or, or, or discuss as we feel is necessary. Um, so uh, where do we want to begin? Uh, who wants to start? Uh, I'm not sure quite where to start, to be honest. Anyone? Um, I, I mean, these four people aren't really getting along very well. <laughs> There's not a lot of trust involved and not a lot of mutual respect I mean, at least at the beginning of the episode. Um, so it's kind of hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's it's a curious thing. Is that like I like the lead woman, uh, uh, the one from San Francisco, but her, her this wasn't her episode. 
Not at all. Yeah, no. No, no. it was her brother's episode, as well as, I guess, a little bit of May. Um, And, I mean... It's, it was, I mean, it really was just, you know, like daddy issue type thing. Yeah, it was like a view of a rich, uh, Nepo yeah. baby almost that, you know, <laughs> didn't know what he wanted to do and was just like happening into something. I don't know. Yeah. And well, the artist, I, I, artist that hates life, but makes art, but doesn't care. And, you know, all this other stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, but anyway, I, don't know, I, ahead, think, I, I think a lot of this, um, there's a lot of mask imagery here. Uh, in the in the in the story, which a lot of what maybe, mask, mask, yeah, okay, yes, gotcha, like gotcha. His, all those faces that he's got and stuff yeah, like I, that. I, was, I, I thought yeah. you said math. That's math as in mathematics. So I was confused there. But no, yeah, no, no, no. So, yeah, uh, I'm curious if that's especially a lot with uh, also associated with him, but also with her. With him, I think it's partly that he is he's. At this point in the story, he's a young man, like in the, the flashback part of it, I should say. He's a young man trying to find himself, and he's feeling himself pushed into doing something he's not ready for. It's only a um, year before, based off of what I've read. So. Yeah, so how much should he have changed from yeah, then to now? Yeah. Oh, it was only a year? I thought it was yeah, more than that. Yeah, it was only a year. Oh, yeah, just a year. And so him and the hacker girl, May, they but couldn't they have know been each together other. very – yeah, they couldn't have been together very long. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay, I had a, was under the impression that it had been like a year since he had been with her. Yeah, no, it's 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 a year. Yeah, it's either a year or less because all we know is it's 2015 now. I'm not quite sure what month. It could anywhere between, I guess, April to September, maybe. And the present day—that was the present day—and then the. Prior, the flashback was literally 2014, so it yeah. could have been four months earlier, all the way to okay. six earlier. So we we have no idea. And that's part that. of the that's part of the problem too, because we're supposed to, I, I don't know, learn all these things about him that are supposed to be you know driving his character, but 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 hard. it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with the the plot, right? I mean, right. This is, just, this is just building some character that is fine, but I mean the the point of the show is. Is monsters right? I mean, I, I well, and I, it doesn't I, delve into their relationship enough. It's more focused on his artwork and his his problems than it is related to like why don't they get along now? And she has some secrets even then because she's talking to somebody we don't know about. Right. It looks like she's bisexual or something of that nature. Yeah, we guess. just don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, yeah. I would have been happier if they had given us a little more. Again, it's a. It, this is a. You're not going into this expecting a tremendous amount of of kaiju action. You're hoping to get something, right? Um, just because this is not zombies, we can just slap some makeup on on a. Person. But yeah, but but I, I would have liked to learn. Like for example, no no disrespect to this show, but we, we're re- reviewing uh, Godzilla part, uh, minus one, and that you mentioned offline to me. Uh, and Barrett too, when we recorded our last episode of, of Dark Discussions podcast, Mike, that they, that's that's a a movie that actually makes us like the characters, and it's still a monster movie, and 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 care about the characters, and actually have a backstory of the characters that isn't just soap opery crapola, and. This unfortunately is going the route now of MonsterVerse, and MonsterVerse, 
uh, has had a lot of flaws, as as we know. Um, but at least the MonsterVerse are only two-hour movies. This is now uh, a television series that's going to be ten episodes, and we're already going into them about dad, daddy issues and and have a, a hooking up on the first date and a hacker that that runs away from some lover in U.S. So I'm I'm thinking they have problems. Uh, I, I don't. I think you're, you're stretching a little bit thin. I don't think he's the strongest character. I don't find him unlikable necessarily, but um, I think yeah, the, I don't the, find the, him unlikable gonna, at all. Yeah, I, I, no, I don't hate the, hate him at all. I, I'm, I'm, I just think this is unnecessary to the main story of the. I don't. I don't. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it wouldn't have now. been if it had answered the question about why they are not getting along. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't even do that. That's the problem I have with it. Right, and that's making me worry that they're going to be dragging these, these flashbacks for the rest of the season. I have. I, I, I I'm hoping they don't. Um, I mean, we've gotten. I predicted where they were going, but I think this is the the big thing. It's more dragging out, and and since one episode, yeah, um, just one. I mean, so and this is this is where they're dragging out. A story where I said last episode where I expected them to go, which is they're going to discover the father is alive. Yes. So the whole goal, the reason they went to Alaska was to follow the father. That was established back uh, kind of in episode one. I don't remember when they established that they went to Alaska. I know they mentioned it last episode, which is just episode three. Um, but at some point they mentioned that the... Uh, Father's in Alaska, so we're hunting him down. They have to go somewhere, right? So why why Alaska? Why not? Well, uh, you, you kind of have to do it. I, I imagine it's, a lot of it is just the fact that you have to go someplace out of the way, right? Because you want to do a story where there's where there's kaiju, and you can't make that in Brooklyn. Um, so they go someplace out of the way, just like they've gone to other parts of the world, uh, Indonesia and so forth. So at this point in the story, in the in the 1950s yeah, well, storyline. Well, right. I, I want to interject and say that. Yeah, I, I'm not the type of person that wants to see every freaking movie in New York City either. So it, it has nothing to do with really for me that they have to throw in Alaska versus Brooklyn. But I guess my problem. No, but you, is, I'm just saying you, you asked why Alaska. Well, because they had to go yeah. someplace remote. They've been to I don't a lot have of a problem places. with. But, right, I don't but, have but a problem I, with Alaska either. But the I problem think, I have is Shaw has no plan. Right, and I think that Alaska was just just like uh, you know the the right is randomly picked, and I, I don't mean Alaska because it's Alaska or Alaska that it's remote, but it's like it, it, it's beginning to feel like kind of a an episode or an area that they put in just to extend to ten ten episodes for the season. You, you know, well, I mean, I, yeah. no, I'm telling you what they why they went. There's they're following the father. The problem is they take an episode that they took an entire episode to kind of get us where we knew we were going anyway, which was finding the father. Yeah. Um, and that's where the, like the pacing starts to drag a little bit. Where rather than now, but at the same time they they do made us up with Monarch. I think they could have connected the two earlier in the episode rather than have this whole thing where they they split up. Right. Uh, oh, and they try to you, make it a a um. Sorry to 
interrupt there, Mike, but they make it to a uh, switch perspectives of characters again. So it'll be a big surprise when we, we, we see the monarch people, I think. You know, because he finds the, the hut and, you know, they add this thing, uh, a uh, Chekhov's uh, pencil cutting, which they probably should have had in, in earlier episodes instead of just suddenly now. And no, they had them in the it was in the last episode too. Phil. Well, right, right. It started it started in the last episode. You're right, but but it wasn't like something that I don't. Know, I, I think they if I felt like they just added it because they needed something for us to figure it out in the following episode, which was this episode. They could have brought it in a flashback years ago, meaning like three or four episodes ago. But either way, that's we're, we're only in episode four. Right, right, but they, when they introduced the father, they could have had him, you know, doing something. But it doesn't matter; it's just a nitpick. We haven't uh, encountered the father I said yet. It's a, I said, yeah, we did in flashbacks, but it, it's just it's nitpick. Very briefly. I, again, it's a nitpick. I want to move on, Mike. I don't care. You're right. I'm, 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 I'm digressing and saying you were correct. It's, it was a unnecessary thing to bring up. But my point here is, um, I think they, by switching perspectives, to make it the big surprise that Monarch was going to be at the end was it's not a cheat but I mean I think it's like you said they could have brought it together a little earlier I think but you go on and continue your point Mike uh, because I did interject there and because I wanted to bring right so that was just a part of it you would ask why they went to Alaska because they're following the father the whole thing this part of the season and who knows if it's going to last the entire season is them trying to find the father you have this whole thing with the the, the, the daddy issue thing has been there from the beginning. Whether it was a good idea or not, we all said I think it was kind of weird that they do this story where uh, the father is a bigamist uh, with a secret marriage. And uh, I don't know that that was the very best storyline to, to introduce her characters with. Uh, nevertheless, <laughs> that's what they did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty gross. I mean, I mean, technically, he he would be arrested for for something like that, <laughs> but um, and sued ass his ass off and all that sort of stuff. But but again, that's it's just a weird thing they decided to put that in there for some reason. Um, so where do we want to go next? I mean, obviously, the the monster action was pretty solid. Uh, this creature, uh, though all CGI, um, you know, it worked well in in the environment. You know, it, you could feel that it was it was there and not just a CGI creature. Um and the suspense sequences were pretty solid. Um, you know, they had a couple of spots where it looked, you know, the the May puts up the the computer so she wouldn't get killed. Yeah. Um and that was kind of, that was kind of lame because it was two things. It was like one, you know she's not gonna die because she's not a red shirt. And two, it was a way to get rid of the computer. And uh, you know, to, to backfire for sure. So, you know, there was a couple of interesting aspects that I'm being polite by saying interesting when they, they could have, you know, changed it up a bit. But <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I, was, I, I wasn't a fan of the episode too much when it when it wasn't, um, I don't know. It was, it was just a problematic episode for me. I was, I, yeah, there was too much arguing between her and the guy and – then that with her protecting herself with a laptop, uh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm sorry. And why would these people be arguing when their life and death, and, and then split up when their life and death and, and stuff? And it's like, and no one's trusting no him anymore. about what he sees. And right, right. All right. of it's very contrived feeling. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like Shaw knows no more about this area than, than the kid right. did. And the kid said he saw, saw you know, what he saw. And it's like, why? okay, why not believe him? It's saw like, a it's golf like, ball. It's, right, which 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 I knew exactly what that meant because there's one there's this four of them. Well, and after all his years, how does Shaw not know anything about any, uh, a lot well, of the, this area? A golf ball is a satellite dish that's protected by a giant golf ball looking structure. That's what it is. And and they have there's one literally like three miles from my house, and so so. They're all over the place for, because they, we watch the Chinese and Iran and Russia through these things. But the, the, the point is, is that Shaw would probably know that because based off of who he is. And also, it reminded me of, of the Poseidon adventure when, when the little kid kept on saying, uh, we want to go to the aft to the, to the engine room. And uh, Ernest Borgnine's character kept on poo-pooing the kid because he's just a kid. But the kid heard from the head engineer that's the the thinnest part of the ship. So it's like, why not believe this? this <laughs> I got to say, Phil, I'm glad you're talking about the old Poseidon adventure because Kurt Russell's in the newer one. And it's, yeah, that's, oh my God. And he died, but, but he dies really well in it. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even know that because I haven't seen it because I already saw it. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. But, uh, Kentaro, I, I, I don't know. I, I would have, I would have, believed him i i mean i don't know uh but you're saying mike even you, if you believe him where did he know how you know how much do you believe that he knows where you're going that he saw it they, accurately when they saw it when they were in the plane who knows how many miles away you are from it i i think he's made sense that you split up just to, to try to find help i that i really didn't have an issue with yeah i don't have an issue with splitting up for two you know but it should have been two and two not not one and three Right. Yeah, I don't. I will agree with you on that. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if this was the real world, the moment he splits up with the other three, he's dead. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I. You thought. know. I mean, and and eventually the the other three, one of them was going to be left behind because she can't walk. So right. Yeah. You know, this is that's the real world. This is fantasy world where they all make it back and 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 to survive. You know, and I, I guess that makes suspenseful. TV, I guess, but not really, because you know they're not the Korean guy who was just a red shirt, you know, because why would they be developing these characters to just kill them off that quickly after? Well, it doesn't work because we questioned it in our minds the second we were, you know, it was presented to us. So that is the problematic part of this episode, I think. Yeah, I I think it really suffers narratively like i said i don't conceptually have a problem with them separating yeah it's silly that they separate one and one um but they're one in three uh, i mean you can make arguments as to you know somebody going off on their own and not having to to, to drag the person who is suffering from frostbite or or, or what have you um but it, it's they just end up together at the end of the episode anyway right i, I and the two of them are kind of flashing back to sort of the same stories and events. Yep. So there was never really a necessity to split them up, I don't think. No. I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't, I, I don't see what they gained. You, you have a nice moment in the previous episode uh, where you're kind of bringing the brother and sister together, where they're starting to acknowledge them coming closer together. And then you you separate them 
in a manner that was kind of contrived. Yeah. Well, and as a writer, you're supposed to look at things and go, is this scene necessary? Does it help the narrative or hurt the narrative? And I think in this case, it hurts the narrative. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And and like you mentioned, an excellent point. Uh, I forget which which one of you did mention it, but they they split up and and yet they they come back together at the end anyway. And yeah, all that's this, Mike. yeah, and all this that we saw these thirty something minutes of them, are they all gonna die? I I I mean I I get that we lost uh, their grandmother already, you know, in the past. And and that was a big surprise. And assuming she is even dead, because you know that could she could pop out of the underground. <laughs> but my my thing is, and, and especially since Kurt Russell is ninety something years old, and and he has to explain that later too. But the the thing is, is I I, I didn't really feel any of them were were in, in danger at all. Well, did we really? After as long as this episode was, go anywhere? We didn't really. They they ended up somewhere. But they didn't really go anywhere. They didn't discover anything new, really, except for the fact that the father might be alive, which they already thought that. Yeah. I. Well, they found the wrecked plane, right? And the giant kaiju having destroyed the plane and destroyed the settlement. So I would understand that maybe from that point they don't necessarily think he's alive. They do discover what is probably going to be one of those gateways to the land down under, right? The uh, the, the hollow, hollow world. world. Yeah, yeah hollow world. Uh, but how do they discover it? They discover right. it by flying overhead as sort of, a, oh, look, what's there? Right. There, That is not an earned discovery. Right. Um, also, also, how is that going to be related to the MonsterVerse? Because... They don't discover the hollow world until the last film in the in the in the series. And well, they only talk about it at that point. We don't know. Yeah, they've that been they talking about, about it. it. They've been talking about it since Skull, Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Um, yeah that's and, it, and and they do go to the there's like the temple and they use the, in I think underwater and they use that to travel very quickly. Uh, yeah. In in King of the Monsters, so it's there and this is leading to it and. Yeah. I have a technical um, question for you, Mike, about that because I'm trying to understand. I've, you know, I've watched the most recent movie, and I'm trying to understand the gravity implications. Explain that to me. How does that yeah, work? Man, none of it. None of it makes any sense. Okay, good. I'm glad because it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> no, the whole and let's be honest. This is what this is a world with monsters that are biologically impossible. Right. Yeah. Even, I if get you, that. even if you even if you remove the magic radiation powers, um, so this is a fantasy world to begin with. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of one of the things that annoys me is that they start rather than just embrace the fact that you're living in a fantasy world of sorts, they try to use pseudo scientific gobbledygook. You do like the gravity inversion. No, that's all just just terrible um the whole hollow earth thing the way they they kind of executed in the last film because they're basically Um, saying that that hollow part is all on the inside so they're upside down to us right so when you go from here to there you have to flip around for your gravity to get adjusted to being pulled outward rather than inward 
Yeah, right. and it makes no okay. sense because that's because that's not how gravity works. <laughs> I know exactly. There's still a center point to the Earth, even if it's hollow. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and you know, it, I mean, we've seen it before. I mean, uh, Jules Verne created this years, you know, 100, 200 years ago, or 150 years ago. So um, I can see other people doing it as well. Um, Unfortunately, you know, as we've seen in the, the last MonsterVerse film, uh, it was a little bit ridiculous how how, how they went about it. Uh, I liked it much better how um, the uh, James James, uh, uh, James Mason film from years ago did it. Um, but you know, it's it's going to the center of the earth. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. It is what it is at this point. You know. <laughs> yeah, right. But I was. I just wanted to make sure that I understood. Yeah, they 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 totally overcooked that story, overcomplicated it way beyond what was necessary. I don't know why they did that. Um, there was something like a five-hour cut of the film, and I oh think that's part God. of the reason why it's why it's such a freaking mess because they. But yeah, you, if you have to have a story that that's that long, for freaking monster story you 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 overdid it but i had no idea whole... yeah that's a whole nother story right. sorry but, we're just but, talking but, about hollow earth and this is kind of pertain. Well, and, and it's legitimate so. to talk about the hollow earth because like you said they, they had they had the 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 checkoffs hollowed earth scene tonight yeah you well know, no, they had that tonight they had mentioned in the i think it was the last episode yeah it was in the last episode you know when they're talking about we don't know how the monsters travel and and uh Randa says we think we, we, we you know well, think maybe they teleport <laughs> you know just um, <laughs> that's getting to the whole Hollow Earth uh, underground subway thing. Um, so they're laying foundation for it. It's not completely out of the blue. They're building towards it. But this is an issue with uh, I think a lot of modern television and, and certainly like The Walking Dead was got notorious for that towards the end is just telling stories to spin wheels and you end up losing momentum uh, in in the story. And I we, I complained about it with The Last of Us, right? That it was a 10-episode series and like three or four of the 10 episodes were digressions away from the main plot. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter that, to me, that they were some of them were, were very good stories, but, you know, you had, oh, we're going to do this story about uh, the survivalist couple and then we're going to do the story about um, about the girl and her adventures in the shopping mall, and we're trying to get this get on with the main story, and we just keep retreading ground. And in this case, and this is one episode where I think this is this is the argument. So I want to be clear. Yeah, about no, and I'm theory. clear on that. No, but um, your example of The Walking Dead, I think one of its issues was that it always had to have a villain du jour. So it became monotonous after a while because it was always a new villain, but they're always basically the same. And instead of having maybe some kind of natural disaster or something they had to deal with other than human villains, it that could have made the show more interesting. That was one of its problems. Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but stories have to have momentum. And the movies go. The story was going someplace. Uh, I mentioned that I was kind of. I'm, I thought I mentioned. I was kind of glad that we weren't doing the whole story of them just kind of being on the run, uh, that uh, evading 
authorities in Japan. Uh, I like the fact that they that they were getting to Alaska. They were being proactive and going where they were going. I like that they they did the thing where they took um, the monarch guy off their their tail for a bit. And and here I'm glad. Okay, good. We're hooking them up with monarch. We're hopefully going to be putting more of our cards on the table. We're going to find yep. out what this guy's problem is with Shaw and what his history is with Shaw. And I've seen a lot of conjecture and speculation about that. Um, but what did this episode actually do? It gave us a kaiju. Yep, which I appreciate. <laughs> which is good. What well, we could have done that story in about 30 minutes instead of an hour. Yeah. And had different story with them hooking up with Monarch and getting the beginning of that story started out. And, and you also don't want, which we've talked about in in the past in the Dark Discussions podcast, you can't let this, the the audience get that far ahead of the characters because a the audience gets bored and b the characters look stupid. Yeah. And in this particular case, you have a creature which. We see sucking it. No, admittedly, the other characters didn't see what happened to uh, Duho in the previous episode exactly. Um, but we know that it's sucking in heat. We see uh, Kentaro fire the flare and it chased after the flare. This is a thing that chases after heat. Yep. It shouldn't have been a shock that it's a drawn to heat. The character should have figured that out way faster. Yes. <laughs> this episode. Right. Um, also, the, the creature probably would have caught them almost immediately because the, yeah, that's all they're being do. You know, heat. You know, they're beings living. They're not cold-blooded creatures. You know, and so the monster would have already been searching for them and probably find them easily. But you're saying something, Mike? Yeah, no, so I agree. I, I agree with that. I think. Um, And then, and then the fundamental question is, how interested are you in the story that they told? And I can't say it was that not at all that grip with the story, with the flashback story. I don't like that they they told it in part through like this delirium dream. I don't like um, the, the daddy issues, the 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 love triangle with her 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 female lover back in the U.S. and versus him. For whatever was going on. In the well, US. we don't know. It's we don't know. It's a love triangle. It could have been her mom, for all we know. But I, yeah. I was okay. You know, five minutes spent on t- showing how they met, I would have been okay with. But the further it went, the less we got out of it. You know, we didn't really get anything. Right, right, and and. and- I don't know. He seems just like a spoiled brat because he has this great opportunity. Okay, he 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 wasn't ready, but you know, you you, you play the game and and whatnot. You, you know. And then he doesn't even show up for it. Yeah, that that was so stupid. I'm just like, I that's mean, just that, dumb. Because that literally burns your your career forever. Because you're blacklisted yeah. after that. Because at least if he showed up and he flopped, that's one thing. But. To, to not show up, it, it just shows that this guy is a problem child. And, and, yeah, he has and, no respect for other yeah, people. Yeah, red flag. And, and well, yeah. No, hold on. Now, I, I get he was pushed into something he maybe wasn't prepared for, wasn't ready for, didn't want to do. I think the problem is they get to this point where now four agreed. episodes in, we don't really know who his character is. We know. I don't uh, think his the sister. writers do. <laughs> yeah. I do. Well, I'm saying, I'm saying the. 
we as an audience, all we know is that he's her brother. He's the secret brother. Um, we don't really get a lot from him. You know, it's whereas we know the sister. We saw her lose the, yeah, the so children on the bus. Right, she's a school teacher uh, or something. Yeah. Right. So, so we get some idea, right? We get some concept of who she is, and she is a more proactive character. His existence at this point was kind of uh, to help provide pieces to her puzzle, right? By figuring out who the father is and connecting her to May, who helps provide even more pieces, right? Um. So, but yeah, I don't think we had a clue who he was as a person. Well, now we know he's an artist, which, as we all know, is going to be vitally important uh, to fighting off giant kaiju. As, <laughs> of course. Now, before anyone complains, nor is being an elementary school teacher, uh, or I don't know what kind of teacher she is. But it's it's also highly unlikely uh, that she's going to be vital to that. Uh, but it's getting to the father. And this is the story we're supposed to be going on with the journey. It, did this make me care more about him? Eh, not not a whole – it makes me better understand the character. I don't like him any more or less. I have more understanding of who he is, but I think that all could have been accomplished better and sooner. Right. Well, and that's the that's thing is, is like these type of stories – make me like a character less. I actually liked him prior. You know, I could understand why he was upset and he looked at his his unknown sister as a uh, threat because, you know, you you don't want to blame your father, you blame the threat. And, you know, so I get all that. But, but you know, I, I mean, I never really liked the May character. I just felt that her, her character was kind of just, I don't even know why she's in the show. And then his character now that you see the flashbacks and how he acts and, and daddy issues and even before his dad uh, disappeared. And then, and, you know, and, and these things are legit. People have these problems. I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing people's uh, issues and demons and all that. But, but I mean, we see this crap over and over in television shows, and this is the reason why I can't stand TV, and I never watch it anymore, because it's just soap opera crap. And that's why movies are so much better, because you get two hours and you're done, and you don't have all this unnecessary stuff that has nothing to do with the end story. Because, you know, at the end of this tale, all this this crap isn't going to matter at all. It won't matter how he met his ex-girlfriend. It won't matter that he was an artist. It won't matter that, you know, it, it's just crap. Crap. Well, I don't know that it won't matter. Uh, there, there's questions I have. Um, again, there's the, was she even being secretive in the first place? Who was she? Where was she coming from? Was she somehow involved in Monarch to begin with? There's all, was she keeping tabs on him? Oh right. So, but right. Yeah, I have oh, that so, question as well. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it may not even be. You're right. It may not even be a, a love triangle with a gay lover. It could be she's a plant. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't think it's a romance thing. This is a but, mystery but, thing. But but why would you use a an American as the plant instead of some Japanese person? Yeah, you know, again, I've always had was problematic why they made this character an American instead of just having it as another Japanese folk. But maybe it'll be explained. But you know, you mentioned at the beginning, Mike, you know, the check boxes and, and stuff like that. So maybe that's what it is. But 
if she's a plant, that'll make it a little more interesting. But um, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. So I think they're taking – I was actually kind of excited at the beginning of the episode because we had talked about how the character of May had nothing really to do last episode. And it seemed like, well, they, maybe they really were going to do something with her, and then what they did with her was flash her back, right, and make a sideline her by giving her uh, frostbite. and Yeah. Frozen legs. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I was I was very concerned when I put on the episode and they do previously on and and it was all her story and it's like oh no they're gonna focus on her and sure enough they did and it but not in a up, good way it, well that's my point it lived to exactly to the reputation I was expecting that it was just gonna be crapola and of course Mike made an excellent point right there which is okay she was gonna it, they could have gone where she's going to do something exciting, but instead it was just a foil for uh, uh, the boy, the, her, her semi-boyfriend. So, I don't know. It, it was weird that they would just sideline her that quickly. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's strange. Um, and then when you think she could die, which I you, you, don't, you know she wasn't going to, it was really just to get rid of the computer. Right, and the reason you well, it wasn't just for that. Um, there were lots of ways you could have gotten the computer done without taking a thirty-five minute trip through her delirium and. Uh, well, then, then it, it was like they did it because they wanted us to go. Oh my God, she's about to die! The monster's going to eat her. But of course, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Right, so uh, not 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 keep pulling up The Walking Dead, but you kind of knew when characters in The Walking Dead were going to die when they served their story purpose and there wasn't anything more to do with them, uh, or the character re- achieved some uh, resolution in their their arc. Uh, this is a character who had no resolution. Uh, that she clearly has a reason to be there; otherwise, they would not have been bringing her along. They were not going to kill her off. They still have more to do with her, whatever it is that it may be. Um, and so, so I never had that sense of of anything serious happening to her. I never got the sense like that she was ever at risk of losing her legs. Which, by the way, that that uh, I, I would have given them a tremendous amount of credit had that uh, done some real physical damage to uh, one of their main characters this early in, into this, the, the series. Um, but, nope, they didn't do that either. And I can understand because, you know, if she had to have, like, a leg amputated or something, or if, then that's he's going to pretty much sideline her for the rest of the episode, uh, for rest of the series. Right, right, right. It's not like she – if Shaw had to lose that leg, he would be similar to, like, the school teacher in Salem's Lot where they would keep on going back to the hospital and talking to him and, and working up. You know, he wouldn't be completely sidelined. But for her character, if this happened to her, she really had nothing to do uh, with the main plot except she was a hanger-on and, and following them. That if she lost her leg, she yeah, she, she would be 
gone because again, there's hackers out there, but there's hackers out there. It's not like she's special. So it would it wasn't like she was a hacker that knew Monarch and could break in and all this other stuff. So yeah, it makes sense. As far as we know. <laughs> yeah, as far yeah, right, right. She could be the plant. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I Mike is just I, generally suspicious of everything, I guess. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just but, kidding. But it also doesn't make any sense at all because why would she have done all those things um, and follow them and look like she Maybe there's a rival monarch organization. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, I'm I'm worried it's going to be more that she was talking to some I know me too. lover and, and, and you know it's like oh good lord they're going to that's what it feels like the writers are going to go towards but we'll see yeah yeah right right uh let's see what else did we want to go to uh in this episode uh I guess I liked. The idea of seeing the two monarch people at the end, um, and <clears throat> I mean, I've read enough on Wikipedia about this show to feel that uh, they're not bad guys, uh, even though they made them look a little scary to uh, Kate in episode one, I think it was. So... Well, they're a bureaucracy that's run kind of by the military, so there's going to be good and bad elements, I think, of Monarch. Right, right. And I think they were trying to make it look like uh, these folk were going to be the bad, uh, Tim and and, uh, Duval, but in reality, I think they're going to be the good guys. Yeah, I had that feeling, and I had it when she kind of made him safer by saying, I really need him. Yes, Yes. That made me feel like she might be better than we know at this point. So, Right, right, because Duvall is the one that is harder to read, while Tim seems like just a, a funny goofball type. So yeah. once she brought one to Tim, I, I'm thinking they're both the good guys. Yeah. What's your thoughts on, on Tim and Duvall, Mike? I mean, we're going to learn a lot more in this next episode, that's for sure. But what do you think is going? Herschel... The at the King of the Monsters, which is the second, well, third film, right after, but uh, it's the second Godzilla film. Right, right. Uh, in Skull Island, they're not a monarch is not a military operation. They are military funded in the fifties, so something happens in the ten to fifteen years, uh, not in the second, in the seventies, so in the fifteen years between the time they get funded and the time we get to Skull Island that they're not a military operation and they're on the verge of being shut down. In King of the Monsters, they have that uh, scene in Congress with uh, Tom Middleditch, and they're basically arguing whether or not monarchs should be taken over by the military. So they're not a military organization yet. Yeah. Uh, I do think from what we've seen of monarch, let's be honest, this is now Gull Island... King of the Monsters, Godzilla 2014, and then a little bit less in um, Godzilla vs. Kong. They're not monsters. They may not be very good at their jobs. Uh, They're not horrible people. Uh, They're not that secret shadow organization. Um, 
Well, in the Godzilla versus Kong, they seem to have a military element because they've got some military people involved. In well, some right, and I think that's well, because they... Yeah. Are they, are, are they more like a, a spy organization? So like, you know, FBI, CIA, NSA, one of those type rather than a military? So they have, well, I, they're, they're, know, they've been secretly keeping tabs on the, on the creatures. They're government We've gotten very little exposure. Though, right? They're not NGO, right? They're not NGO, right? The government, right? They're not NGO. Am I right? Whatever it is the story requires them to be. <laughs> so they could be a private organization is what you're saying. I don't think they are. They're not. I don't think they're private anymore. Uh, I think they are government funded, and then the question is whether or not to fold them into the military. Yeah. Right. Right. How, how, actually, how actually, close they are to the military? Yeah. They, they may. They may even not be U.S. Right? They could be U.N. I, I don't know because no. These, I think these guys well, are U.S. The reason why I think the organization may be global is because right? Didn't they have that the big scene in Russia? Um, in one of the last movies, was it Godzilla, King of the Monsters, or, or Godzilla versus Kong? One of those two, where they wasn't there a big scene where it was all in Russia too, at the beginning. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, either either way, there's some sort of big organization was it, that has yeah. some sort of spy or military <laughs> basis to them, even if they are not spy or military. Right, and a big American presence, whether it's. <laughs> Right. NATO or UN or something, it's got a big American presence. Right, right. That's that's my feelings too. Uh, when no. we when we really hit them in the first film is with uh, Sirizawa, the scientist, and he's yep. the one who sacrifices himself in King of the Monsters. Yep. Um, I think it's a it's given the Oceans. That this is aimed at, I'm going out at limb that this is probably some joint U.S.-Japanese yes. operation. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, if, but it's also a secret organization. I don't know that they get too in depth on the funding. Um, <laughs> you know, and and which, let's be honest, the the whole everything human related in this series is really kind of patchwork. Yeah. Uh, by the series, I mean the whole MonsterVerse thing, not specifically this TV series. This TV series, I think, is trying to impose a little order to the chaos, uh, trying to make a story that makes sense. Um, there's only so much that they can do to fix uh, what happens in King of the Monsters and Godzilla vs. Kong, which may be why they're setting it when they're setting it, right? That they're setting it before those. I, I will say, you know, King of the Monsters, uh, Gator practically destroys the world. Uh, Boston is just obliterated. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, and probably along with a lot of other places around the world that we didn't get a good look at. So I have a feeling that this is something that has gotten a very big military presence uh, as a result of all of that. Um Right, and they get a military money, right? Because we saw that in the flashback after Bikini Island, right? Bikini Atoll, where yeah. they offer, they make a deal with them, and they and they get an unlimited funding uh, from the U.S. military. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. So we know that. Um, and money's money, so you take mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so uh, what else on this episode do we want to talk about? I mean, there's not a lot to talk about because it's basically just uh, them walking around Alaska 
and then the crappy Ho- flashback hoping to get stuff. saved. <laughs> yeah, and then the crappy flashback stuff. Yeah, and the yeah the flashback stuff's not so great. So right. not much to say about it. And, and uh, I mean, the monster stuff was pretty awesome. It's just that yes. the, the monster stuff is the monster stuff. It's not like we're going to explain scene by scene. Yeah, so the monster punched here and swallowed here. You know, I mean, it's not. Now really- I understand that it could. Um, pull heat in and that's what created all that cold how does it swim through rock unless that's snow <laughs> or ice iceberg I, no I, it's, I it's it's it's, it's monster magic yeah that's what i was wondering yeah, i'm wondering if it has something to do with its mouth and does it like eat the rock or something or does it have like a one of those radioactive beams and it tunnels yeah. its way through the rock that's what I was saying, and yeah, it's like a heat, some sort of nuclear. Yeah, I wasn't making fun of it. I, I, I actually is curious how it, how it goes through the rock. It's got to have right. some power. Right, and and that's not no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, if we're talking about the old Toho's from 1968, where you have the monster that eats, goes underground and it pops up, you know, I mean, that works for some reason. <laughs> but here, yeah, we, we, you, you want to question it a little more for some reason. Don't ask me why. Um. So I'm I'm guessing it's what you said. It's like some sort of heat thing, or, or like you said, Mike. Doesn't really matter. It's just monster magic. <laughs> that would have been a cool name for the the podcast, Monster Magic. Um, an iteration. That's how you do it. King of Kaiju, Monster Magic. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh. I, they, they appear they're in non-cold area anymore, um, because I, I think when they open up the helicopter, no one's in snow jackets, right? I don't think Tim and Duval are in snow jackets. I can't remember. I thought they were, but maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I have to rewatch it. It, it was uh, what five days ago we watched it or something. Um, when I was sick too. Uh, but either either way, they're they're in safety now, and now um, Monarch's going to get involved. And the question is, will there be a side plot between the bad Monarch versus the good Monarch? That, that's I'm, I'm curious. I'm thinking they may go that route, but that's just a guess. So the bad Monarch will will try to sabotage and do these things and do that. Well, well, the good monarch is Tim and Duval, and they're going to try to do something. I don't know. Uh, do you think we'll meet the father in the next episode? In I feel like he's going to be an end of season reveal. I don't know why, but that's the feeling I get. Yeah, could be. Well, you, Mike, what do you think? I don't hope so, because the last thing I want is for this to be an end of season reveal. I know, same here, but I just feel like it's going to be. Yeah. <sighs> now, I hope I I'm wrong. Do, you, do we think we're going to see the the Valk, or whatever it's called again? Or is that it? I don't I know. Think I... It's probably... Go ahead, man. I think it's probably it for this particular creature. Yeah. Um... But I think there's there's more coming. Um, the yeah, whole I think they want to give us some some new creatures and interesting creatures besides just the ones that we've already seen. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be some sort of emergence, and that's you know, yeah, going to be coming. 
now, Mike, I know you've been um, uh, following some of this stuff on social media and uh, Reddit and all these other places. I know you mentioned that you heard that some reviewers were able to get the entire seasons or pretty close to it. Um, I'm not sure if any of that is leaked out. Um, and if so, do you know of any of it? And if you wanted to share any of it? No, I don't know. I, I, no, I don't do Reddit. Uh, I don't. I, I check some YouTube reviewers um, sporadically, uh, basically looking for any, uh, like, uh, ones that, like, uh, I think Screen Crush is one, uh, occasionally heavy spoilers, but just ones that kind of look at the episode that we've seen and point out things that I might have missed. Uh, or, 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 and, and then they often have uh, speculation as to what's coming afterwards. But they're usually really wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's the, so I know that there's that there were some reviewers who got more of the season, if not the entire season, in advance. Uh, nobody I know of has spoiled anything. I have not gone looking for spoilers, so I'm I'm not entirely sure what to expect out of this. Um, which is I I don't think a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, let's see what else. Um, anything else? Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about related to this episode or where, where you think the series is going? Uh, what do we got? Anyone? 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 I, I really don't. I, I think the father is going to show up. I am afraid that he's going to show up in the last episode because so there's another show coming back in February I believe which is Halo yes <laughs> and, and we reviewed that yeah we and have a re- uh, podcast that's called Cortana's Communicate Communicate yeah yeah the, the, the Halo podcast so uh, check that out. You can find that anywhere podcasts are found. And uh, season two, uh, we're, we're planning to do season two as well, similar to this podcast here. But anyway, continue, Mike. Now, now if I remember correctly, uh, we criticized that much like we criticized well, Last of Us. Uh, we criticized the lack of Halo in the Halo TV series. <laughs> and I kind of remember saying that... They're probably going to end the first season with them ending up on the Halo ring and then ending. And that's right. pretty much what they did. Pretty close. It was like, a, they, what was it? They had a uh, a premonition instead of actually being there. But, yeah, the same principle. Yeah, it was it was a dick move. Um, it's not understanding your audience. Um, no. It's kind of like. You know, sitting through however many seasons of Smallville there were, and never getting to see Clark Kent put on uh, put on the Superman outfit, right? Um, right, right, right. So, for me, it was the She-Hulk outfit during the She-Hulk television. Yeah, but you were alone in that. Um, oh, yeah, but that was the big thing for me. But yeah, maybe you. I don't know. You weren't into it, but I think Sean Fox, maybe Barrett too, was waiting for it. But anyway, uh, fair enough. Go ahead, Mike. 
regardless, it's I would I would hate for this to be a season of looking for the for her father. I hope there's more to it than that. Oh God, yes. <laughs> if this is ten episodes, this is episode four. Next episode is episode five. That is a perfect point to turn the series on its head, right? Yep. Um, and give it a new direction. And I can't think of a better way to give it a new direction than to a meet them, get them connected with Monarch. So you end with this whole them thing of them being sort of on the run. Uh, have them find the father, so you can move that storyline forward uh, and offer some resolution to that story. And then move, we'll have them working with Monarch towards a common goal. Um. And then maybe someone in the group betrays the rest of the group, whether that's May or Shaw or whoever. Uh, you turn the tides um, and upset things if you feel like that you need to do some sort of a uh, a twist in there, which I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying it's a, a thing that you could do if it is a thing that you would like to do. But yeah, let, let's let's see where we're going. Let's see what they decide to do with this. And then we'll move on from here. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, all right. So, Barrett, what about you? What, what, what did you want to add to what Mike said? I mean, I don't really don't have anything else to add. I... I... I'm not sure where it's going to go. I think the next episode is critical for me to see um, where it is going to go and if it's going to go the direction I'm hoping, <laughs> or rather down a path that I'm not looking forward to. Yeah, yeah, I, I would concur. Uh, for me, the same thing. I, I you know, the, the, there's flaws and nitpickies and stuff and and. and even the first three episodes, but, but they, they were pretty, pretty awesome um, yeah. and exciting. And, and, a, and I'm really beginning to believe that a lot of it was, was the flashback stuff, you know, with, with the, them as young, younger people. Um, when Shaw was younger, cause those scenes were, were pretty awesome. Um, but, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not poo pooing the modern day, quote unquote, modern day 2015, uh, just yet. But I think uh, you're, you're, Right on Barrett because that's where I'm worrying about too. If it's going to go the good way or the boo boo way, yeah, because this is the exact point in a show where it can go the wrong way or the right way. And this episode did not leave me feeling confident, whereas the first three I was feeling really good about. Right, same same here. Well, it's a TV series and. On occasion, you get a TV series that's uh, solid or season that's solid from beginning to end. Yep. Uh, mo- but most will have an episode that's just sort of like me. And and for me personally, this hits a couple of things. I've never been a fan of the trudging through the wilderness. One of us is dying of exposure or poison because I got bit by a rattlesnake or frostbite. I've never been fond of, of those wilderness. Um, I, I, or, or just as a as a technique, and and 
and I really don't care enough about these characters uh, to be invested in this romantic relationship uh, that they seem to have conjured up here. Um, I'm not conjured up, but I just, I just don't, I just don't care. I, I want them to start revealing some of the secrets. Uh, and I was hoping, like I said, I was hoping they were going to actually do something real with May, and I don't feel like they did. Right, right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right. So, um, I guess that's pretty much where we're at. <laughs> and there's the coffee pit. So, I guess we're going to probably start wrapping up stuff. Um, so, uh, before we wrap up, uh, it's the kaiju of the week. Uh, I th- I think uh, it's my turn now. It is, is right. It is. Yes, yes, yes. And I I thought it over. I was really thinking, and I came up with one that um I feel was pretty awesome when when I was a kid, um, and unrelated to uh the quote unquote real kaiju that. Uh, we, we've thought of it in the past. Uh, so Gamera and, and Rodan were the first two. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, based off of Mike's scenario where he said it could be any giant monster that's iconic uh, for genre fans. And I'm going to go with Talos from Jason and the Argonauts. Yeah. The giant uh, statue that comes to life that um, that's filled with magma. And or or liquid lead or whatever it was, and um, that was pretty awesome because the, it was. I mean, you kind of knew it was going to come alive because you could tell it was like a backdrop to the people, the actors in, in the film. But when it did, especially when you were a kid, it was pretty awesome. And his dead eyes with no expression. Meaning, is he pissed or angry or not? Um, it was enough to make me uh, remember that, and it was a tough one because I almost wanted the Cyclops from um, Sinbad. The, That's the, a good the, one the, too. Sinbad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty awesome one too. Um, so, so there, there's a few of them, and Ray Harry Austin has a, has a bunch, but uh, those those two were pretty big, I felt, and probably more iconic than. The one that I almost chose, um, that uh, that I did mention earlier in the episode when I was talking about um, uh, what we call um, uh, the Patreon, and I, I named it as one of the three movies you could pick. And I said Reptilicus because that Danish film that one always scared the hell out of me too. But I decided to go with more of an iconic one and go with Talos. So yeah, um, I assume you've seen this one, Mike. Right? Actually, we did an episode. Oh right? yeah. I- that, there was years ago. There was uh, someone when I was doing the uh, trying to do the unnatural uh, selections blog. There was a um, um, uh, like a monster challenge where you're supposed to write for like one. It was whether it was every day for a week or once a week for a month. Uh, something monster themed article and one of the articles like the, the the post I wrote was about my favorite Harryhausen monsters because I think he had recently passed and Talos was on that list. Uh there was a whole bunch of them that's on that list because it was the whole 
points, I think, was my top ten Harryhausen's. And he, he certainly produced a lot of really good um, – Yeah, Medusa, right? That was an awesome one. I, yeah, Medusa, yes. I think, was number one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Medusa was fantastic, fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Those were some exactly. great things. Yeah, I would think that was my number one too. Yeah, Medusa. But yeah, yeah, Talos was. was Unfortunately, Medusa is a little too small to count as the. Yeah, so I didn't put. I I would have actually chose Medusa if Medusa qualified, but she's not a kaiju, so. So yeah, yeah, that's mine. So uh, now next week we go back to you, Barrett. You get to choose the next uh, kaiju of the week. All right. That's good. Now, uh, a couple other things here. Uh, house cleaning. Um, but uh, I don't know. Uh, do, do we want to talk about what we've been watching or anything? I don't I don't know if that would qualify for this podcast there, but maybe it could because it's a uh, uh, genre-related stuff. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Or we could just skip that and start wrapping it up. What do you feel? Uh, the only thing I would say is that I, I I have seen Phil has seen I'm not sure if Barrett has yet seen uh, Godzilla minus one, not um, and so and I'm not spoiling anything, but I will say, uh, you owe it to yourself to go catch it if you can, uh, and you are in fact a uh, a fan of all things uh, monstrous, uh, and go if you can catch it in theaters, rather than wait for it to be on. On home video, because how often do you get to see uh, a, a a Japanese Godzilla film in uh, in theaters? Uh, it is one of, if not the best, in the genre. Um, I, I was also a big fan of. I would concur with that too, Mike. Shin Godzilla, which, but that it is a completely different thing. Shin Godzilla was. Uh, not a farce, but it was a satire. It was it was like a weird mix of something like Godzilla meets the Big Short, right? It's just uh, because it's making it's a satire about bureaucracy and the uh, among other things and Japan's inability to function properly in the face of a natural emergency, which in this case was it was just happened to be a Godzilla attack, uh, but it also featured a very unconventional Godzilla. This yeah, features a much more. Yeah, I strongly recommend it. And this is a uh, more conventional Godzilla. Um, it's a little bit more influenced by the Millennium series. Uh, the director was a big fan of uh, Godzilla, Mothra, uh, King Ghidorah, uh, that entry in that series. So he looks more heavily inspired by that Millennium series Godzilla films. Uh, but I still think he he works and works really well. Uh, but we're going to be going into detail on that on the new podcast, um, and that'll be led into the feed here in about a week. So yeah, if you can go catch that. Yeah, I'll be seeing it on IMAX tomorrow night. Ooh, it's an uh, IMAX. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we had it in IMAX here too, but. Um, I, I wanted to see it as early as possible instead of waiting to uh, the evening. So I, I just saw it on regular. But, yeah, it was tempting to go see it on IMAX. Um, I, I will say about the, the new one, which is interesting, and probably about the old one, as a matter of fact, too. But at least for the new one, um, when I say the old one, I mean um, 
Shin Godzilla. But uh, the new one here uh, is only $15 million budget. And that's pretty impressive. And and I think Hollywood needs to look at that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I always do that with um, uh, Riddick, the movie Riddick from a few years back. I always bring that one up. Because that looked like a huge, big budget film from uh, uh, about, about six, seven years ago, maybe. And Riddick. That film, uh, 2013, actually, holy smokes, it's 10 years old now. Uh, that budget was only 38 million, and there was dozens of films at that era that were were like 150 million, and some of them were good, some of them were horrible. But the Riddick film, whether it was a big blockbuster or not, looked as if it was a 150 million dollar film, and it showed that a great film that looks good can be made. Um, on the cheap with a good, good plot. And this, this new Godzilla here, Godzilla minus one, uh, made at 15 million, 10 years later in 2023, um, to make it look period piece to have Godzilla in it and to have special effects that were pretty awesome. Um, it, it makes me wonder what the hell Hollywood's doing wrong. Well, what they're doing wrong is they have 15 different visual teams to do all the CGI. They need to start cutting that down and start making it cheaper, get their own in-house teams or something, because it's yeah. too much money being spent on visual effects when a movie like this can do it in $15 million. And also, well, uh, that... for, for plot-wise, too, Mike, I wanted to say one more thing, is they remove all uh, comedic relief, which is fantastic because I'm sick and tired of these Star Wars and Marvel films where you have these bozo characters, similar to the bozo characters that Toho used to have 50 years ago. Uh, getting rid of all that crap makes a great screenplay as well. And and so you can have a $50 million budget that have great special effects and a screenplay that has no stupidity in it is is pretty awesome. But anyway, go ahead, Mike. Well, Phil just doesn't like humor. Um, <laughs> not, not, not in, not I like humor, humor, but it doesn't have to be in everything. Yeah, and well, exactly. it depends on how you do it. And I mean, right? Experience right. it a lot. Um, yeah, but right. Tag, tag, but you don't, you, you don't need, you, you don't need Shecky Green in, uh, uh, in, in Taxi Driver. Um, <laughs> but. At the same time, but you you can have comedic relief in Indiana in the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So it really just depends on what you're looking at, um, and, yeah, and is it right I, for I the would, medium? I would concur with 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 that. But but they now do it so much, and, and it's just terrible. But in my opinion, Mike, my opinion. You, you well, I, I I don't see it quite as much as you do. Uh, that, but that's just this a, a preference thing. So I, I think the one of the big issues you have is just that they. They waste money, right? They were doing well, and they just the budgets got out of hand. And the biggest problem they had is that CGI, and I'm not complaining about CGI, but CGI covered a multitude of sins. Um, made it very easy to go back and fix things and and use digital sets and. Um, go back and look at the making of the first Men in Black, and that that movie was an utter disaster behind the scenes. They they had the story changed completely. Uh, they were fortunate that a lot of dialogue was done in subtitles because they could just change the subtitles and change the story plot. 
Um, but you see these movies and like a lot, and the Marvel films are a big one. But like the, the and I'm, I'm going to be hitting on Disney stuff, but Disney's the big boy on the block now. Um, where they're just uh, like the the Star Wars films, all of them for the most part, except for Last Jedi, uh, is were heavily re, uh, redone in post or uh, like Rogue One had like forty percent of it reshot or thirty forty percent of it reshot and. Uh, Rise of Skywalker had its whole script scrapped kind of near the at the last minute and just rushed into production. Uh, but this, you see these stories. You see, uh, what was it? Elemental was the animated Pixar film that came out earlier this year that bombed. It was a $200 million. That was real. But it was $200 million. Yeah, that's terrible. For an animated movie. Yeah, Why the hell do you need to spend two hundred million dollars on a cartoon? Yep. Yeah, and that's I will say one of the things that that goes to, and it's just one of the things, is that you insist on casting superstars as voice actors in a cartoon. Oh, the new yeah. one too. Wish Wish is two hundred million dollars as well. Yeah. I, why? Yeah, I don't see a cartoon for a big actor's voice. <laughs> Right, right, right. right. Less is Morgan Freeman. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, right. what was it? It was um, was it the Sinbad film that came out a few years ago? Where it was like Brad Pitt as Sinbad. You know, it's like why? Yeah. First of all, the kids who go see it don't know who the hell Brad Pitt is. They don't care who Brad Pitt is. Um, and and a lot of that just stems back from uh, uh what, what what was the name of the film? Uh, Aladdin and and getting Robin Williams as the genie. Right. Oh well, and Toy Story, right? Uh, the two guys they got for the lead for that. Those, yes. those, those worked really well. Hanks and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Tim. Um, uh, Tim Allen. But yeah, Tim Allen, yeah, yeah. But that just got. It's like, oh, we have to just keep casting stars. It's like, no, nah, you didn't. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Like, like I, I had no idea that uh, in Anna from Frozen was th- that that blonde girl woman from. TV, what's her name? I can't, I can't even remember her name. Uh, uh, Kristen Bell? Kristen Bell, yeah. I had no idea. It was like, oh, that's Kristen Bell? Oh, all right, whatever. I wouldn't, you know, but they must have paid her. I mean, she can sing, too, I guess. That's probably maybe another reason why they brought her in. So I think she actually did sing the Anna songs. But, but yeah, I mean, I, no one went to see Frozen because of Kristen Bell. They went to see Frozen because it was a good film, you know? And right. that one cost 150 million, but that, again, that was 10 years ago as well. Um, but you're right, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know how how those budgets blow up. I mean, even Barbie, I was like shocked when I found out how much that cost. But well, and part of it is simply it, it, because they made money, so it didn't matter. But they on. start with, we are going to release this movie in May of 2024. We and you haven't started filming it yet, you know. So you start, you come up with yeah. a <laughs> a release date. Before Without having it's even a script, started. yep. And then you're wondering why it is that you have to the, the story doesn't work. Well, because you you didn't get it figured out. Um, you have the script before you even start and have a date, <laughs> right? And that's I, I guess I'll, I'll spoil this little part of um, the Godzilla minus one is that the director started working on that in 2019, uh, writing the script, and then we all know what happened in 2020. Yeah, COVID. 
Right, COVID. And what did that do? It gave him a year to sit home and work on the script even more. Yep. Yep, that's right. Yeah, the script, that that's the thing. Uh, and, and he, and I know, you know, you like having some comic relief, and I do too. I mean, like you said, Raiders of the Lost Ark was perfect uh, for that. Um, but, you, you know, when you have your comic relief, like Jaws has a couple of little moments here and there too, but but it's not the main focus, you know. Right, it's and it's natural. It's natural. Right. Well, 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 like it happens of, in real life. <laughs> right, right. Nowadays, there's a lot of films that are action-packed features, and you know, every three minutes there has to be a comic relief line, and it's, and it gets a little goofy. I feel, um, and I felt this was the Shin, this new, not Shin. I'm sorry, uh, Godzilla minus one, going back to. Removing that type of stuff um, makes it even a better film. But again, we'll be talking about that soon, and that will be uh, part of this feed. So uh, check that feed out, this feed out in a few days from now, because that'll be out as well um, as a special episode. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's just amazing though. Fifteen million bucks. That's that's just amazing. Um, and I see how they did it because. Uh, a lot of the, the the scale of damage to the area of Tokyo that this guy lives is very small. It, you know, they don't have the big wide screens. But when they do show Ginzu, you do get the entire city and get to see. So, so they knew where to use the computer graphics at the proper places too. It wasn't just everywhere, and uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. We don't want to talk much about that now because we're going to be talking about that in in this Godzilla minus one episode. Anyway, and, and Barrett, you haven't seen it yet too, so I have not. Nope. <laughs> um, anything else that anybody wanted to bring up that's uh, uh, news related or, or something that that would be interesting for listeners to this podcast? Uh, mm, no, I guess what movies I've seen. Isn't probably interesting, but well, I will say if you're listening to this, you probably know uh, the trailer, uh, the uh, proper trailer. There was a teaser earlier for uh, Godzilla X Kong, not Godzilla versus Kong. It's Godzilla X Kong. Uh, is uh, uh, the new Empire or something like that? Is is the, is the subtitle uh, has uh, dropped? And uh, if you like big monkeys, it looks like it's a movie that's going to have a lot of big monkeys. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, also by Adam Wingard, who who directed the last film. Um, so yeah, uh, not sure what I will think about that. Um, I haven't been a fan of many of these uh, monster verses, except for Kong Skull Island. That that one's pretty solid. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the, that's the one director that's been been canceled out of, out of the, all of them because of. Uh, uh, possible uh, not being nice to ladies type of things. But, dire- uh, who directed that one? I uh, some guy named Jordan Voigt Roberts. Huh. Um, and he's really done nothing since. And, and since then, he, <laughs> he, he was me too. So I think his career is kaput. But he was actually, his his film was the best of the of the, the five, I felt. So. And why was it the best of the five? Monsters? I had the best script. Yes, exactly. The best script. You're absolutely right. Um, it, I like King of Monsters a lot. That's probably my number two after that one. 
The King of Monsters had a, but I still think had a mess of a script. Yeah, the script. Um, the monsters were awesome, but it was a mess of a script. I felt, yeah. But, but it I didn't have it, the silliness of the next one. <laughs> right, I, I could still see it as the second best. Yeah, but the, you know, but but Kong Skull Island, I think, outperforms all of them just because, like you said, Mike, the script was just really good. Never mind the cast and and the special effects. And it had Kong. Kong is cool. Kong, monkeys. Mike likes monkeys. <laughs> oh, with that and uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes coming out next year, I'm going to be in monkey heaven. Ooh. Yeah, Kingdom looks really good. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Is, is this a, a reboot? It's a sequel. It's a sequel to the. It's, it's like I think they're they're hoping it's going to be the start of a new trilogy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be kind of cool. It comes out May 24th, 2024, so expect Doc Discussions to do an episode on that. Assuming we're all here and the Chinese haven't nuked us yet. It looks to be at the point that where where Planet of the Apes originally started, kind of. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that, yeah, the, you have the apes actually full-on talking. Yeah, and wearing. capturing humans like they're slaves at this point. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. I'm, I'm yeah. curious to see where they go with it. I'm, I'm a little worried that it has um, four screenwriters, but um, I do have to say the director, um, who's only done basically uh, the um, Maze Runner series, is pretty good. Those Maze Runner films, even if it was, I guess, you know, teen, teen young adult type stuff like Hunger Games, but a male version of that. Um, it was pretty, they were pretty damn solid films. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. So West Ball uh, could be uh, a good choice as director. I'm just worried about the four screenwriters. That, that, that usually is a concern when there's multiple screenwriters. Unless they were all hired to do it together, usually that's not what happens. It's like they bring yeah, one in, and yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't do it quite right. We got to bring in another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, uh, I will say two of the screenwriters are okay, though. It's, technically, it's really only three screenwriters because Rick Chaffa and Amanda Silver are are uh, married, and so they do stuff together all the time. So they technically would be counted as one. So there's really three screenwriters or three teams of screenwriters. So, yeah. So, But either well, way. The question is, and this is one of the things I learned from, um, I think it was the Writer's Blockbuster podcast, is that if you see uh, and written by so-and-so, this and this and this, yeah. uh, they, are, they are separate screenwriters. Um, but if it's a, you know, if it's written by Smith, Amber Sand Jones, Smith and Jones were a screenwriting team. Hmm. Interesting. Gotcha. It's good to know. Oh, so anytime there's an and, that means there's that's a team. If it's the Amber Sand, like, like like in oh, Dungeons and, and Dragons, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. If it's the so, and, then they weren't. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and for the cast, uh, for the movie that Planet of the Apes, I, I don't even care at this point because it's like who's going to be an ape and who's going to be a human. Uh, you can't remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait until we get there. Yeah. Right. Now you look at – now Andy Serkis was phenomenal playing Caesar in Planet of the Apes. Yes. Agreed. And, and, oh, and, and the other one too, uh, uh, the, the Gollum, right? He played Gollum. Yeah, and he yep. played Gollum. And he's yeah. really good at that. So if you tell oh, me – Oh, and he played, the, he played the villain – 
in in um, Black Panther. He's awesome. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah but anyway, continue. But this isn't like. Well, I don't know because it's their, the apes will be able to emote more. They will actually speak more. But like in the original Planet of the Apes movie, yes, it kind of mattered that you had uh, Roddy McDowell, right? Um, because his voice, his personality, as Roddy McDowell, very much came through Cornelius and Caesar. Yep. I don't know that that was that important in the last trilogy. You needed people who did body work and he's really good at that um but i will be curious now that you have the chance for stunt celebrity voices if they're going to end up doing that with this new film but we'll see hopefully not hopefully they just go back to the just cast the right person for the right job indeed indeed yep uh anything else anybody wanted to bring up about uh genre related stuff news that would be interesting to listeners of this podcast. Uh, I went to see the movie Silent Night. That was one of the things I wasn't sure if people would be interested in, but um, it was really, really good. Uh, John Woo's latest effort uh, with Joel Kill- uh, Kinnaman. Kinnaman. Um, he is amazing in it, and it is a movie without dialogue, but it still is an amazing story and really well told without dialogue. How, how many? How much words are there? It's, it's like really empty. It's not like there are no words except for there's some background radio, and I think you hear one person say a word, and it's very silent. And you might actually be hearing it in your head, not actually off off the movie because you just see it mouthed. Um. So yeah, there is no dialogue. Right, right. So, um, is it worth uh, a Dark Discussions podcast episode? Uh, it's probably not Dark Discussions movie. It's probably Halloween boutique worthy, though. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. I don't, I don't think Eric would approve of uh, of it for a Dark Discussions movie. Right, but it is right. a very dark movie. <laughs> very dark. It's just not scary. Right, right, right. I, I will say one good thing about uh, John Woo. Uh, uh, his favorite movie of all time is Lawrence of Arabia. That is oh. fucking great. That's the best film ever. It's so good. The one thing I didn't notice, and I might have just missed it, was the uh, the is it the dove or that he usually has <laughs> up here. Oh, did they have it in this one? I didn't. I didn't notice it. But it's it got to be there, though. You know, it's there was be. there was a bird, but yeah. it wasn't a dove. It was some different. It's probably, kind of bird. It's probably in the background, like Alfred Hitchcock when he made his cameos or something. Yeah, I'm figuring I missed it, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Lawrence of Arabia, Martin Scorsese's favorite film of all time is Lawrence of Arabia as well. David Lean was the best director. He was so good. Oh my gosh, the best, the best. He also did a bridge uh, over the river Kwai too, which was so good. And, and and I'll keep on saying it, Mike. I know you, you get pissed when I say it. Alec Guinness is Colonel Nichols to me. He always has been, not Ben Obi Wan Kenobi. Because <laughs> I saw him, I saw him in in as Colonel Nichols first, and he's always been Colonel Nichols to me. But anyway, but that's not what he when he died. That's- wasn't unfortunately what he got, and that's a thing that I think he knew, and he right. resented. You know, it's um, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like, yeah. 
damn it, this is not what I want to be known for. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, which is kind of funny because because but prior to that film, Star Wars, he was known for Colonel Nichols because I mean that was like he, that was like one of the greatest performances in history. It was so fucking good. And <laughs> and then, then he did Ben Obi Wan Kenobi, and he's suddenly. Uh, yeah, that's going to be chiseled on his gravestone, which is nothing wrong with that because that was a great performance too. But hey, anyway, he'll be known, he'll be known for a thousand years or more, or however long humans last. I think. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I will say, Ben Obi Wan Kenobi ain't no Colonel Nichols, but they're still damn good. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that sounds like it's a good idea to check out Silent. Uh, Silent Night, Night. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Is Silent Night, is that because it's Christmassy? It is. It happens at Christmas time. Uh, it's, it's actually a period of time of a year. So it starts in Christmas and then ends on a different Christmas. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> if, if you're interested, I won't spoil anything, but if you watch the trailer, you'll understand why it's called Silent Night. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you if you don't want to be spoiled, then don't watch the trailer and watch the movie, and then you'll find out why it's called Silent Night. Have you right. seen it, Mike? I have not seen. It. I've seen. The, I, I saw the trailer. I think might have been in front of uh, Godzilla minus one. I don't think it'll be out long. It was in very small theaters, and it came out December first. So I was kind of surprised. That it, <laughs> well, given you know. how well everything is doing in theaters right now, I don't know if there's much that's going to be pushing it out. Uh, you know, yeah, that's true. So, yeah. uh, I think is Willy Wonka the next thing up to die at the box office? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it's getting mixed reviews, so yeah, you may be right. We got Aquaman yeah. coming up. Yeah, Aquaman. Aquaman's probably going to bomb at the box office. Um, yeah, that's too bad. But yeah, looks yeah, good to Nicole me. Kidman. But we'll see. Yeah, it's Nicole Kidman. Anything with Nicole Kidman, I'm always willing to check out. But, yeah, yeah, it depends on how long it is. I, I can't stand these two hours and 30-minute superhero films. I just I need an hour and a half, and that's it. I'm done. But we'll, we'll see. What, um, what else? Yeah, you need uh, something short, like Lawrence of Arabia. Or, or, or Taylor Swift's Errors, which was two, and a half, two hours and 45 minutes, which I saw six times. Um, but, but yeah, but th- those are different, Mike. Lawrence of Arabia is, like, engrossing to the point of, like, the greatest thing ever. And... Taylor Swiss concert movie is just like the best ever. So that's just for you, that's right? Right, for right, 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 right. Exactly. Yeah, but nobody wants when you go see a concert. Let's ignore concert film. When you go see a concert, you're spending, you know, if you're spending two hundred bucks for a concert. You don't want it over in ninety minutes. Oh, oh, when it's Taylor Swift, we wanted the three hours and forty five minutes. I don't know. Yeah, I want mine to be as long as possible. Play everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah when we awesome. saw Paul McCartney, it was a three hour show with no intermission. Yeah, yeah, same with Taylor Swift. She had no intermission, three hours and 15 minutes, I think the show was. Yeah, same thing. Yep, yep. So, so on, at, when it was in a movie, that, yeah, so it's not, it's different, right? So it's, you, if you're watching a movie, that's not, it's like the same thing as watching the concert. And Unless it's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was worthy for that long. Yeah, yeah, those were, those were worthy too. <laughs> that was, those, those were legit to be that long. Well, not the last one. The last one, they they dragged that last you know thirty minutes of saying goodbye. That was way too long. They should have. Well, because at that point, the story's over, right? <laughs> right. You're, 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 and not to not to belabor the point, but it's um you're ready to move on because the story's over, and every couple of minutes you're ready, you're about, you're about to get up and go. Oh wait, no, the story isn't over yet. It could, but it's no story. Right. It's just 
Oh, it was just epilogue after epilogue. They could have made it worse if they had the scouring of the Shire in there. So, yeah, and and, and that that was that year was another reason why I hate the Oscars because Mystic River was a way better fucking movie than that film, and that was a good film, but it was the worst of the three. I felt, Um, but Mystic River was just so damn good, and it it won everything else, but it should have won Best Picture as well. That was ridiculous. It did not win Best Picture. Um, I think that was one of those things where everybody recognized. and I'm not saying it was right, uh, that, like, Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers, while they were nominated, didn't win. Right. And I yep. think most people realized, well, they're just, they're just going to wait until, right. uh, in, until, it's, until the last one, and then they will reward the last one. Right. That's right. exactly what happened, and it's unfortunate because you're right. I think Mystic yeah, River was really was good, so but better, yeah. I think Fellowship honestly should have won the award. I thought it was the best of the three. Um, yeah, that that was that one was awesome. out of the books. The second one, Two Towers, is the best, but the the um, the movies. The first one was the best. Yeah, yeah. Fellowship of the Rings was was phenomenal. And um, the the problem with the second one is they didn't show the battle with the Trents longer than they should have because that that in the book is, is even though it's told in flashback in the book, it was so phenomenal. Um, but you're right. The, um, the first one was really good, and I, I wonder. I forget what beat it at the Oscars. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it, it would be it would be interesting to see <laughs> what beat it because it had to be. You would hope, fingers crossed, that it was something damn good. Um, let's see here. Uh, County Woods. What year was it? It doesn't say. Uh, God damn. It. Was it Chicago? Was the first ah. one? Oh, don't tell me it was that. Oh, that's bad. If it was that, then it definitely didn't deserve to win. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm looking, trying to look it up now. Oscar, uh, blah, blah, blah. 2001. It, oh, 2002. Academy Awards. Okay, yeah, so 2000. I'm trying to find out what, what number. You know, the 57th Academy Awards or something like that. Uh, Seventy fourth, here it is. Okay, so let me put that seventy fourth. Let's look down here. It is best picture. Ugh. A beautiful mind. Won it. Ah, that's ridiculous. Oh my god, dude, dude! A beautiful mind beat in the bedroom and the Fellowship of the Rings. And those two films are way better. Than what else was there? Uh, Gosford Park, which I didn't bother seeing, even though and I like Gosford Park a lot. In Moulin yeah, that's Rouge, that's good. And Moulin Rouge. Oh, Moulin Rouge was pretty good. Yeah. So, was A Beautiful Mind better than... It was not better than In the Bedroom, and it was not better than The Fellowship of the Ring. I haven't seen Gosford Park or Moulin Rouge, but I'm assuming those were better. It was not better than Moulin Rouge. (laughs) Right. And what about Gosford Park, Mike? I didn't think The Beautiful Mind was that great. Um, Yeah. I've... I've Oh, and you know what? Oh, my God. I'm sorry to interrupt for a second, Mike. Yeah. But... One of the best films that year didn't even get nominated. Black Hawk Down. Oh my God! Yeah, and and Mulholland Drive. They oh were, wow! Right, they were they were in Best Director and all these other categories, but they were not listed as Best Picture. And Black Hawk Down and Mulholland Drive are better than most of the films I just named. Yes, Black Hawk Down is amazing. Oh my God! But anyway, continue, Mike. <laughs> There's another um, reason why the Oscars suck. Anyway, yeah, so I am of the opinion that um, Ron Howard is a solid director. 
but not a great director. And he 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 rises and falls by the level of the whatever he's covering. So if they, if it's got a good script, he can make a great a good movie. Um, I just have a feeling that that Beautiful Mind felt like his career kind of ah we like Ron, let's give him an Oscar here, right? That 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 felt like that's what Beautiful Mind was. Yeah, yeah, sure. Because like Apollo thirteen was a better film. He could have won it for yeah, that. Yeah, there wasn't a standout film that year. They were like, oh, it has to go to this or it has to go to that. But, it, but there's a lot of better moves. Well, I don't know. I mean, Black Hawk Down was pretty fucking great. And oh yeah, yeah. When, you do, when you don't have like a clear favorite, like Titanic was the year that came out. Um, yeah, yeah. The votes get split so much, it could go any way, right? And you never find out the vote totals. Yeah. So you got, and remember, you got five films. So a movie could technically win with like twenty five percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Monsters Ball was that year too. That was a good one. Bridget Jones Diary. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Either way, it's 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 a curious thing. It's a curious thing. Yeah. Lord, I would have gave it to Lord of the Rings. Out of those five films, um, I still like In the Bedroom the best, but. I could see Lord of the Rings should have, should have topped Beautiful Mind for sure. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and to be honest, I, I would I would even pick Blackhawk down as well had it been nominated. Um, let's see. Anything else anybody wanted to bring up that's uh, genre-related that folks that listen to this podcast be curious of? I know we're, we're way off of monster stuff. Way off topic. But, but you know, some of this stuff is interesting. You know, people are fans of, of movies and TV. But we're talking entertainment stuff here. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's it. So we can give our final thoughts on the episode. But before we do, uh, Barrett, what's that podcast that me and you usually do? Um, and then we have our random co-host, including Mike, that comes on and joins us to talk about stuff. And what's that? What do we talk about? And what's that podcast called? Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, we talk about pretty much everything on there. Um, we've done book reviews, uh, actor interviews, director interviews. Uh, most recently, we reviewed the movie Dread um, with Carl Urban. Um, Dan Lynch, the great actor, joined us uh, for that review. And that's up now. You can listen to it whenever you want. Indeed, indeed. And, uh, Mike, what's that podcast that me, you, and Eric do that we actually recorded one last night? Uh, oh, that's uh, Cinema a la carte, where you, Eric, and I take turns discussing, I don't want to say non-genre films, but not dark discussion films. Uh, and so we've covered action films, comedies, animated films, dramas, um, a wide variety of different things. And... Um, so recently it was, uh, I picked a Tom Cruise film. That was one of his very first. Uh, and that'll be coming out at some point soon. I'm not sure when. Yeah, the next one's coming out. Speaking of uh, Kurt Russell is the original, not the remake of Poseidon Adventure that you actually chose too, Mike. That one's coming out. Oh, yeah, I forgot I picked that. Yep. I just remember Eric being annoyed he had to do it. I know. And, and, and I'm, I'm on a record. I'm going to go on a streak now of picking films that Eric doesn't want to do. <laughs> I love it. Uh, absolutely, that's funny. That's funny. Yep. And uh, uh, Barrett, what's that other podcast? The main podcast that me, you, Mike, and speaking of Eric, uh, do dark discussions where we talk about all things horror. That's right. That's right. And 
Speaking of uh, one other podcast, uh, Barrett, what was that podcast that be you, Sean Fox, and Kevin Letts just wrapped up about another TV show? That was uh, Boa Hancock and the One Piece is the name of the podcast, and the name of the show is One Piece on Netflix. We did a weekly episode um, review of that show, even though it was all released on Netflix at the same time. Uh, it was fairly popular. A lot of people listened to it. Yep, yep. And probably the best show of the year, right, Barrett? Definitely the best show of the year. Oh, my God, I'm so good. Yep. Indeed, indeed. All right, so uh, that's uh, some of the house cleaning that we have. So uh, let's get into our final reviews on episode four of Monarch Legends of Monsters. So, uh, Mike, what do you got? Yeah, I, I legacy of monsters. I'm sorry. Yeah, I still like the episode more than I didn't. Um, I, I think it was probably the weakest of the ones we've seen so far. Even if it had uh, the the best, uh, well, and the, the creepy crawlies in the first episode were really cool too. Uh, but some of the best monster action. Um, but there does have to be a little bit more to it than that. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I think we've all stated our, our opinions here, so, uh, I'll give it a thorough, meh, it was okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mike. Uh, uh, as long as they st- stuck with the monster, uh, cool monster design, um, and whatnot. It, it, it was a really good episode. Um, unfortunately, like you said, Mike, earlier, you know, we've seen enough of a uh, person hurt dragging through the wilds, whether it was a rattlesnake bite or, or in this case, a frostbite. Uh, and it kind of gets boring. And then, of course, flashbacks. We all have problems with flashbacks, uh, including the ones that are kind of um, not actually flashbacks, but like dream sequence flashbacks, which can kind of be a problem too. And of course, uh, for me, I'm going to add the, the soap opera aspects to it as well. That kind of were annoying. Uh, but, uh, I, I enjoyed it more than I hated it. It's just that, um, it's, it's definitely not, um, an episode I, I would recommend compared to the other three. And if the show continues this way, uh, it would be a show that I would probably stop watching. But I'm, I'm having faith that uh, we'll get to see some cool monsters coming up and maybe f- further flashbacks that are actual flashbacks of uh, Shaw when he was younger because th- those those may have been some of the best scenes so far from the prior episodes. Uh, Barrett, what do you got? Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Mike. Uh, you know, I liked it more than I disliked it. Um, I'm hoping it's not a harbinger of episodes to come. Um, it's, I love the monster scenes, but the episode itself is probably the weakest of the four so far. Um, so that's my opinion on the episode. Yep, yep. And I did like what Mike said, which is, uh, monsters are great, but you still need a little bit more than just monsters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So, uh, once again, that's our review of episode four of, uh, the, the TV show Monarch Legacy of Monsters entitled Parallels and Interiors. Uh, we've been having a, a really good steady, uh, listener base, uh, right from the beginning. So hopefully, uh, folks will continue and not be, uh, disappointed by our thoughts on this episode here because we're not here to, be uh, annoying and bashing continuously. Um, we're just reviewing it and looking at it and wondering why they go this way or hoping they go that way. So, 
just opinions. And uh, you can always email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com and put in Keiju or Monarch in the subject line so we can see it and give us your thoughts where we're right or where we're wrong or just your opinion in general uh, so you can join in the conversation. Uh, and also the Patreon, if you want to uh, help uh, support us, uh, please do, www.darkdiscussions.com. And we do have a Facebook group called uh, Dark Discussions Podcast, Facebook group where you can join in the conversation on any genre-related topic uh, because there is a bunch of stuff from video games with Grand Theft Auto trailer coming out and, as Mike mentioned, movies with Planet of the Apes and the King Kong Godzilla film coming out or this show here or just any any genre stuff uh, like horror films like Thanksgiving, uh, Eli Ross film that just came up. Conversations all over. You can start them as well. Uh, so with that stated, uh, we'll be back next week for sure to talk about The Way Out, which is episode five of this series, uh, which debuts December 8th, 2023, uh, my dog's birthday. So with all that stated, Mike, why don't you lead us out? Well, thank you for listening to King of Kaiju, uh, a series on Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Uh, this was episode four. Uh, next week, we'll be listening, uh, discussing episode five. Monarch was there. In San Francisco. When the whole city was coming down, these guys were taking pictures like they'd been waiting for it. You think that your father was working for them? This stuff wasn't a safe. Who are they? What's Monarch? This is the world we live in. Monsters are an inescapable reality. Those files belong to us, and they are more important than you could possibly imagine. This is going to give me nightmares. Now, you can choke down that monarch lie. About your father disappearing. Or we can find out what really happened. Before it's too late. Oh my god, go, go, go! This world, it's not ours. Believe me. Much more vast than we could possibly imagine. These monsters and monarch have taken everything from me. No more. The world is on fire. If you want to save millions of lives, we can use some help.